Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Return with us tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Grateful to be in his house. Appreciate the songs that have been sung, the good prayers, and uh, just thank God for his presence. Uh, I love the scripture that fulfills itself over and over. And I'll just remind you, children, when when we see a promise of God come to pass, we ought to remind ourselves that that's him. Uh, he said we're two or three are gathered in his name that he'd be in the midst. <laughs> I'd like to declare today he's here. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate the Lord. He's faithful to me. And uh, I want to be faithful back. Second Timothy chapter number one. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, I'm going to begin at verse number 6. Just read a few verses, and uh, we'll give you what's on our heart, and we'll be done. Uh, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. (laughs) That's good, ain't it? Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's all we'd like to read tonight. Father, thank you for your word. I pray earnestly, Father, that you'd receive from our very heart the sacrifice of praise. And Lord, that you would send now the message to each one of us. We don't know how to apply it to a person's heart, but certainly we know that you can. And I pray for the Spirit's bidding in every heart that's here and every weary soul every person that has a need or a fear or a trouble. And Lord, we pray you'd help us now to recognize what you have done, that we might live, God, in the truth of your word and not the error of our enemy. Guide us in all of this as we pray for your direction and unction. We ask for it earnestly as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I, I made a note as I was studying this week just, this particular passage. And, and you know, there are times, when, uh, I say this tongue-in-cheek because I know that it's the Spirit of God that works these things. Sometimes we end up at a, at a Scripture and, we, and then when we look back, we don't know how we got there. And I'd like to say tonight that, that this is one of them. And it blessed me several times this week. And the Spirit of God challenged me And I love it when the Word of God speaks to my soul. Listen, if you think for a minute I don't need His Word, uh, I will always need the Word of God. And I'm glad that He never stops working on me. I pray to God when they... When they roll me out of wherever I'm at when I leave this world, that I was thinking about his word. Because it is the very thing that sustains us today. Uh, The sisters already talked about it. I wasn't sure uh, exactly which way to go tonight, but 
God settled this on my heart before I left the house and just reassured me tonight when Valerie was sharing her heart with us. And, uh, you know, it troubles me sometimes that uh, fear can come so quickly and how that I can be up here fighting giants and the next thing I know, I'm running from the enemy. And I, I don't uh, understand that fully except to say that I'm, I'm carnal in nature and uh, and what you see, there's no good thing about it. In any circumstance, any one of us can be in that same position. So I'd like to start off tonight by saying that nobody is exempt from this. Now, there may be some among us that are less apt to fear, and that's likely a product of, of their own faith, and I'm hopeful that that's true. But there's none of us that are exempt from the workings of fear in our lives. As I was uh, reading just a little of Matthew Henry's commentary, he made one statement that I felt worthy of of writing down, and I want to read that to you tonight. Listen to what he said. He said, The great hindrance to our spiritual usefulness is fear. The great hindrance to our spiritual usefulness is fear. As I meditated on that, I recognized or I remembered actually a number of times in my life that my spiritual usefulness had diminished because I was afraid of a certain outcome. I was afraid maybe of what someone thought, or I was afraid of a circumstance, but regardless, it was the fear that moved in me, and it reduced or it greatly hindered my spiritual usefulness. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a concern to me. I'll stand before God, and you will as well one day, and... We will each give an account for what we did, whether it was good or it was evil. Matthew chapter number 25, the Lord gave a parable about a, a king who had given to his servants a certain number of talents, uh, one ten, another five, and another one. And the Bible said that the man that had one because he was afraid. He went and he buried that one talent and he did nothing with it. And when the king came and began to reckon with his servants, he asked the man where the talent was and he went and dug it up and brought it back to him. And he said, I was afraid, uh, so I buried it. And uh, the king said to him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, uh, the very least you could have done is to take in what I gave you and give it to the bank and uh, got usury or tax or, or, or some kind of interest on it. Uh, that would have come back to me. He said, but because you did nothing with what I've given you, uh, friend, he said, take what he has and give it to the one that has. Now, I, <coughs> I'm all right. He took what he had and gave it to the other. And I, I took from that that there is a spiritual discernment here that we need to take from what the apostle was given, uh, his son in the faith, young Timothy, the pastor there. And he was encouraging him. He was, I believe, maybe of a, a more timid nature than the apostle Paul was based on how the apostle deals with him and writes to him. And yet we found right here that he deals with the subject straight up in verse number 7. And that be our text tonight. I just want to share this 
thought with you and I'll uh, leave it at that. But I'm glad, friend, that there is something in our heart that is greater than the fear in our lives. Now, everybody's capable of fear and everybody certainly is, is susceptible to it. The word is used in some form in scriptures in the Old Testament and the New. I found it to be over 500 times that you'll find the word either fear or afraid or fearing or feared. A root of being afraid over 500 times in the word of God. Now, uh, some of us would like to say, well, I've been afraid 500 times this week. And, and whether that's you or whether that's not you, may I say to you today that fear is always something you're going to battle. It'll not ever be anything. You can just check the box and say that I'll never be afraid of that again. Friend, as long as you're in the flesh, your flesh is susceptible to be afraid. As long as you're in this carnal body, you'll never have truly a, a remedy that is fully employed until you get a heavenly body and we escape this world and its sin and all the things that come with it. But I want you to know there's still good news for you and me today. There's still good news for us. Yeah. Now, I'm not the kind of person my wife would tell you. I I don't, there have been very few times in my life that I've laid awake all night, so I feel sorry for you, sister. I do. Um, I watched Forrest Gump one time, and I laid awake for hours over that deal. I never watched that again. <laughs> but fear sometimes will will do things to our our our, our psyche. It'll, it, it, you see, it deals with our mind. You think it's in your heart. You think it's in your stomach. You think it's, it's all over, but it's their mind, you see. That's where fear has its work. And, and what the Bible said here, and I love this, he said, but God has not given you the spirit of fear. Now, that word spirit, I want to start with that tonight. It's the little S. It's not the big S spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit that we're referring to tonight not in anything that I'll share. I'll try to be specific. But it's not, I'm talking about a spirit of fear, a a small s. It's the word that means, uh, literally it means a breath or a wind. It is something that moves and that through, it's something that you can receive from an outside source. And yet what we find figuratively is that that word spirit refers to a mental disposition. It is something that can change your mind or your or attitude or your feeling about something else. And that's what a spirit of fear is. And I love what the Bible said here. Paul said to Timothy, he said, son, he said the spirit of fear don't come from God. And that ought to be the first thing we remind ourselves of every time that our minds begin to fear. And it dreads down into our heart and it turns into those things, friend, that appear to others as doubt or maybe even weakness. Remind yourself, friend, that that the spirit of fear came from the devil. It didn't come from God. (coughs) The world is filled with fear today. You know, that's how they control the societies of every country is by fear. And the more that they can create fear and havoc and chaos in the bodies of people, the more they'll control those people, you see, because fear lines up with things that are ungodly and wicked, and fear does things. You know, they 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 they, they murdered six million Jews during the Holocaust. Can you imagine what would happen if six million people would have just stood up and fought back? 
You know, I don't know, I don't have the answer to everything, but I can tell you this, fear ain't the answer to anything we've got going in our lives. Now, there's a part where the the preservation of oneself and just the fear of of doing things right and wise and and, and with a little bit of sense, that that comes into play. But I'm talking about something that comes from the devil. Uh, I was reminded in a scripture, and I'll preach the rest of it in here in a minute, but it blessed my soul to remember old Cherish who'd come to Christ and his little girl was about dead and he told her what the problem was and asked him to come to his house. He said, I believe you'll come so you can heal her. And Jesus said, I'll come. And on his way, the Bible said, there's a woman had an issue of blood and need a little help. And, and I believe old Jairus is probably in a hurry. I'd have been that way if I'd him. Amen. My little girl was dead, about dead. I'd be wanting him to hurry up a little bit and, and, and the crowds to leave him alone, let him get to my house. And yet what the Bible said was that woman snuck up, touched the hem of his garment. Jesus stopped. And you know how he talked with and everything that went on about the time they was getting ready to leave again here come one of Jerry's servants running up there and he said hey he said, don't bother the master no more she's dead and, and the Bible said <laughs> I love this you see the Bible said that Jesus looked at old Jerry's I mean right like that he turned to Jerry's and he said don't be afraid you know that's just exactly what the devil wants you to do is to respond in fear and brother he'll deliver a boatload of fear every time that a circumstance comes that can allow it to produce and grow in your life you can be assured your enemy is right there and he is just waiting to give you a spirit of fear a mental disposition that turns from believing God and starts to doubt him he said to Jairus, he said, don't be afraid. He said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. There's the answer to fear, by the way. Uh, most of the time, the fear that comes into my heart is because I've doubted God. Because I simply haven't received his word and believed his word. Because there's so many promises in the word of God that dispel the lies and the, and, and the error of the devil that if I just employ them, a lot of the fear that I have to face, a lot of the fear that I fight with shouldn't ever be there. If I just let him have it, oh, but there's a spirit that comes from the enemy of fear. And I believe he, he wants the church today to be afraid. And I'll tell you right now, we don't have anybody to be afraid of. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus said like this, I found in the four Gospels alone that Jesus Christ himself said over 20 times, be not afraid. And when he approached the boat that night and old Peter was home and he seen him coming and they were all afraid and he said, be not afraid, it is high. Let me tell you something. Jesus is that close to every one of us and he hadn't changed his mind about how we ought to react toward him or the circumstances of this life. What we ought to do is just look to the Lord and hear him when he says, don't be afraid, just believe. He said, it's me. And old Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you. He said, come on. He got out of the boat and began to walk toward the Lord. And the Bible said when he took his eyes off the Lord that immediately he began to be afraid afraid again. You see, it's that spirit of fear that'll attack you when it seems like you're at your weakest, when you can't defend yourself. That's just exactly what our enemy wants to do. He wants to tear you down, but brother God ain't giving you the spirit of fear. That's of our enemy. That's of our enemy. I believe old Timothy had a little issue or two. 
He's probably like a lot of us. He probably spent some of his time worried about things that he need not worry about. He probably spent some of his time of, of, of wrestling with things that shouldn't have been wrestled with. Other sister talked about carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders while all the while God's telling you to put that down. You wasn't meant to carry that. You don't have to carry that. Well, I love the part in the Bible where he said, casting all your care on him for he careth for you. Listen, that ain't one part of the word of God that would ensure or would encourage me to fear the enemy, fear man, fear any circumstances of this world. I realize there's things that come our way and they ain't no other way. I don't think anyway. There ain't any other way to respond to it except for some kind of earthly trepidation. I mean, if somebody were to, a, a, a doctor come to me and say, you know what? You've got a couple of days to live. You've got cancer all over you. That bothered me for a minute anyway. I don't know anybody that that wouldn't take their breath away for a moment or two. Yeah, you might be one of them that it didn't bother you very long and you might be one of them today that would worry night and day for weeks on end or months on on in, but may I say to you today when it comes to fear, fear ain't of God. And that ought to be the first thing we deal with is that our fear is not of God. If we have fear, you can be certain that it is the spirit of our enemy. It is that it is that that mental disposition that our enemy sends our direction. And if we'll receive it and believe it, friend, it'll torment you. And yet what he's saying to Timothy is, is that God's not giving you the spirit of fear. So I want to look at the three things that God has given me. Now, when you talk about a gift, you know you, don't, you ain't supposed to ask for gifts. <laughs> right? right I mean, my birthday's tomorrow, and I ain't asked nobody for nothing. <laughs> right? I'd be wrong to ask people, are you going to get me a gift? No. And you know there are things that God gives to me I don't ask for. <laughs> oh, gee, there's a bunch of them. I mean, I got a book full of stuff that he just gave me. He just gave me. But I want to share with you tonight. You know why? Because I believe we all struggle sometimes. I believe we all fight the enemy. And I hate him. I really do. I despise how he does us. But... But what Paul was telling Timothy was, he said, I'm going to try to encourage you today because God's give you three things. The devil may give you one spirit of fear, he said, but God's give you three. And all three of them trump that one. All three of them have power over fear. And I want you to see what it says. He said here, but God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power. Now, he's referring to a spirit of power. Now, you say, yeah, he's gave me the Holy Spirit, and that's, that's the most powerful thing a man will know. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about what he was talking about that was given as a spirit from the enemy. God gives a similar disposition of, of, of your mental disposition. God uses that same concept. You ever had a bad day and just said, Lord, help me, and the next thing you know, you feel better? And you wonder where in the world that came from. <laughs> 
There, was, there, are, there are things that God can do that can just help you and me. He does that for me a lot. And, and I'm glad, friend, that if you'll just recognize these things, I, I believe it'll be encouragement to us. You may have fear tonight, and you may have, uh, as according to the world's view, you may have a reason to fear. There may be something that, that certainly by circumstance or categories, it, it's certainly something that, that's definitely a hard thing, and you may have fear. But may I say to you tonight that God has given you a few things that'll help you with that fear. Number one, God's given you a spirit of power. Now, that word power, if you'll look it up, it comes from the Greek root dunamis, and it comes, and we get our English word dynamite. That's where we get our word from. You like to fuse on that thing, and you know what they do? They leave. They run away from it because when it explodes, it's going to tear something up. It's going to move heaven and earth. It'll break rocks. It'll create tunnels. It'll do everything you can think of. And God has put a spirit of power inside of me. You say, preacher, I'd like to feel some of that about right now. I'm feeling pretty, pretty low on the power side. I want you to know that God has given you that, and you didn't have to ask for it. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to line up some way or another. You know why God helps you and me? Because we need help. And that's what he said he was, as a present help in the time of need. And brother, he's given me a spirit of power. You know what power is? It's courage. It's the ability to have a mental aptitude to say to the circumstances of this world, you might be a nine-foot giant, but I've got a God who uses smooth stones and takes down giants everywhere he goes. We've got a spirit of power today and brother we can use that and when we allow the courage that comes from this spirit you say how in the world do you get it preacher well I think it's a product of faith for the most part every one of these things are are driven and and fed and fueled uh, by the power of faith in our hearts he said if you'd have faith as a grain of mustard seed you could say unto the mountain be removed and it would be cast into the sea That's some power right there. Power. Dynamite. God has given me a spirit of dynamite. He's given me a spirit of power and courage. A spirit to be able to face those things in life head on. And not to run or to shrink away from it. He's given me a spirit of power. Some people say, well, I... I didn't get that one. God didn't listen. He he didn't give it to me and not give it to you. What Paul was saying was, as he said, Timothy, you can count on this. I realize that your your flesh is going to be subject to the spirit of your enemy, to the spirit of fear in your life. It'll come to you, friend. You might boast of not being afraid right now, but there's a day coming when you'll be afraid. There's a day coming when your flesh will succumb to the spirit of that enemy. What I'm trying to get you to see is that when you get in that shape and the spirit of fear has found you out, brother, you got some things that'll get you out of that mindset. And that's what it is. It's just a mindset. It's all in how we think about it. As a matter of fact, the more that we carefully think and apply the Word of God into our lives, the less power that fear has on us. I like that song that uh, I can't for the life of me think of the man's name. Fear is a liar, though, is what the song says. Now, I love how that just calls out fear, don't you? 
fears a liar. It says all these things, but ain't none of them true. And if we'll ever get to the place that we recognize that we have a spirit of power, you say, preacher, where in the world does the spirit of power come from? Well, number one, I already said it. I believe it comes from faith. But the Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith in what? Faith in this. Amen. If you'll open up the word of God, I'll tell you right now, they ain't a fear. They ain't a subject. There's not a, pro- a problem or a circumstance that your God can't solve and fix and prepare you for. He can deliver you out of. There ain't a, there ain't a circumstance in the Bible where God has ever lost a war. Not a battle, not a day. He is always the victor. And he's given you spirit of power. Now, some of you are in there digging for that one, saying, boy, I'm going to try to dig that one out right now. I want that spirit of power. Listen, I, I love what uh, they told, I believe it was D.L. Moody when he was, he was evangelizing. No, it was Billy Sunday maybe. Anyway, one of those when he was evangelizing in revival, I believe it was in Chicago, and the reporter came to him and said, 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 Mr. Moody, said, how shall you defend the gospel tonight? And he just looked at him and said, I'll not defend the gospel. He said, the gospel's like a lion. You just let it out. It defends itself. Amen. I don't give the word of God power. It's got power of itself. But if I'll let the word of God in me, it'll give me some power along with it. Amen. Because there ain't a force in this world greater than the word of God. There ain't anything that you'll face or be a part of that the spirit of power ain't able to help you out. I'm talking about dynamite. I'm talking about something that's got real power. Now, I never did. I don't reckon Alfred messed around with a bunch of dynamite, but I don't reckon I've ever had one of them. Right? That's probably a good thing. I, I never had something like that. I, I firecrackers about as destructive as I ever got. You know, man get hurt with something like that. Something that's got real power. And you say, you said that, I said that to say this, you need to respect real power. Amen. You need to respect real power. I I don't have the spirit of power so that I can go around and just flaunt that and use that. I've got a spirit of power, so if I've got something unmovable, I know what to do. Amen. There are things in my life that God expects me to take hold of. There are things in my life that he knows I can do, and friend, he don't do those for me. If I can do it, I'm expected to do it. There are some things about my holiness. There are some things about my walk with Christ, my talk with Christ, the things that I do for Christ those are things that are on my to-do list and he don't do those for me but he also knows that there are days in my life when I run smack up against the wall and an enemy has put his forces out against me and here's what I can tell you I am never absent from the spirit of power that I need to be delivered a spirit of power he said Timothy the devil has given you the spirit of fear he said but God has given you, number one, spirit of power. But he said, number two, he's given you a spirit of love. A spirit of love. I like this. You, 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 think, you, you think when you think of the word love of something in a passive tense. But, but really, this, is, this could be maybe the most powerful of the three. But he said he's given us a spirit of love. Uh, we read, I read again, I think it was 1 John chapter number 4. The Bible said that perfect love cast us out all fear <laughs> that's pretty powerful ain't it you say what did that love did 
Not just love, but perfect love. You say, well, what, what then is perfect love? Well, if you look in your Bible, if you've got a Bible and, and it references Strong's concordance, you'll find that the word love in that particular verse, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, that particular word love is agape. Now, we know agape love to be that unconditional love from God. That agape love is the love that loves you in spite of, not because of you. That is a love that sent his son to die for you while you was yet a sinner. That's the kind of love that is able, friend, to redeem a sinner from the lost condition that they're in. It is a love that loved you in spite of who you were, what you did, how you hated God, what you, you did against God. It was a love that prevailed. It was a love that hurt him on a cross, a love that rose him from a grave, a love that beamed it to your soul one day when you called on Christ. It is the unmovable, powerful love of Almighty God. The perfect love of God is a spirit that he has given to us. A spirit of love. He's given us a spirit of love. Not only a love for God, for the Bible said that we love him because he first loved us. Amen. That's the love that he's talking about. He's giving you Greg's spirit of power, but he's all, and that power will dispel fear. There are times in your life that God will utilize that mindset of courage, that mindset of, 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 of a boldness to, to approach and face those things of life. But then there are times when God will simply employ that mental disposition of love that allows you to look fear right in the face and love anyhow. It allows you to overcome, amen, the lies of an enemy because you choose to do what God said and that is to love somebody in spite of in spite of hating them or, or malice against them or envy or hatred toward them you forgive them because a spirit of love has been given unto you listen the Bible said we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren where do you think that came from he's given you a spirit of love he's given you a spirit of love He said, Timothy, I'm not saying you're not going to have a hard day. I'm not saying there won't be things in your life that legitimately will bring fear. And your enemy for certain is going to be the one that promotes that spirit of fear to your very mind. He said, what I am saying is, is that you've got more for you than you got against you. You've got a spirit of power that God has given you. You didn't ask for it. He has equipped you with it, just like the armor that you put on for God every day. When you get ready to face this world, these are similar applications. He said, I've given you a spirit of power and I have given you a spirit of love. And when you employ these things, they will dispel fear. Now, it's hard to understand how love dispels fear, but I just love how John said it. I've done quoted it again, but let me say it again. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Now, if if I've got a spirit, I'm talking about a mental disposition that has been given me of God to stay the course I want it to be on power and love, right? Because what I know about perfect love is that it it dispels my fears. So the next time that fear has robbed you of your joy, your peace, or your sanity, or your sleep, the next time that fear has taken a hold of your heart and has created a a, a place of of torment and, and despair in your own heart, let me encourage you to look in a little deeper and see if there ain't some gifts in there that he's given you, some things that will help you. Number one, a spirit of power. Number two, a spirit of love. And lastly, he said the spirit of sound mind. 
spirit of a sound mind. I looked that up. I was interested in that word or that, that phrase of a sound mind. And when I looked it up, it, it said this. Let me see if I can find my note. It, it said discipline that is self-control. Think about this. He said, God has given you a spirit of power. It's in there. It'll come out when you call upon it. It's there when you allow the word of God to be the, the crowbar that kind of pries it to the forefront and it faces fear. Spirit of power will do that. The spirit of love will do that. But, but what he told Timothy was, is he said, hey, God has given you something else and you're not taking credit for it. You're not using this. God has given you, son, the spirit of a sound mind. Now think about the application here. Oftentimes when spirit has it, when the spirit of fear has its way with us, it's doing a mess right up in here, right? It gets up in our business, in our head, between our ears, and it messes up everything. And suddenly we, suddenly we think everything else is going wrong. Everything may be right, but we suddenly think it's all wrong. It's all going wrong. What if this? What if that? Oh, this could happen. May I say to you today that the spirit of fear, the devil, wants you to live there. But oh, God has given me something that outweighs every ounce of fear. And he has given me the spirit of a sin. Mind. What does that do? Well, number one, if we'll let it do its perfect work in us, it will begin that discipline that is self-control. Now, when it comes to controlling the enemy's lies, you're going to just have to back up, stand up, and open up the Word of God and begin to live according to what it says instead of being out of control. Because I can tell you, there are people that allow fear to take them to a place that they're just out of control. And yet what God has given you is the spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind. You say, preacher, you've got to discount my mind. I'm not very smart, or I'm not an intellectual, or I'm not a big Bible studier. Regardless, it didn't have anything to do with that. These are gifts that God gave you because you would need them. God has given you the spirit of a sound mind. And that is the the ability to discern where the enemy is lying by applying what you know about truth to it. Right? When you begin to compare truth with error, what wins? What should win is truth. Why? Because he has given us a spirit of a sound mind that even when our our minds are destroyed with torment because fear has arrested it, we can apply that, that mental disposition of a sound mind and say, but God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But God said, that I didn't have to worry about food or clothing or shelter. God said that he loved me and would never forsake me. God said if I would confess my sin that he was faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I'll tell you right now, I'll take a little spirit of sound mind every day. I just want more of that one. I want you to know that I want a sound mind that when the enemy comes, and that's where he'll come, it's right here. Amen. There's so many inputs in your head. That's where it all comes in and it rattles around in your brain and that's 
that's where the devil wants to win is in your mind. But if you'll let God employ the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind, brother, you can run fear out of there. What gifts he's given us. And this is just a few, right? So I thank the Lord. So I'm going to preach on tonight. But we've been opening up that, that present ever since we got saved. I don't know how many times. <laughs> just this week, I opened up something new. I didn't even know I had that gift. Look at that. What a God. He's given us the spirit of power. Because oftentimes it's in the fear of our hearts that we feel the weakest, right? We feel vulnerable and we feel exposed and we feel incapable of, of, of getting above whatever it is that's causing the, the torment. And yet what, what Paul said to him was, Timothy, he said, God has given you a spirit of power, dynamite. Nothing can stand in its path. He said, when, when, when you employ this power, he said, it'll move fear. Don't let fear stay in your heart or your mind. Allow the spirit of power that God has given you to be used to dispel fear. Allow those circumstances where love must be employed because perfect love, Timothy, casts out fear. Allow that spirit of love to dominate your heart and your mental disposition and allow God to run fear. And lastly, just just allow the spirit of a sound mind to help you manage day, day, Day that you just keep managing day in and day out because what you know is that the promises of that book dispel all the lies of our enemy. The spirit of a sound mind. Come get a song, Jeff, if you would. The spirit of a sound mind. Discipline, right? And we often, when we hear the word discipline, you know, it, all, it always has a negative connotation when really it. The best thing that ever happened to you is you got a little discipline about you. Right? You begin to you begin to make things happen, do things a certain way. Because you learned if you did them another way, they didn't work. Right? So you disciplined yourself and you and you and you suddenly figured out, well, if I if I don't expose myself to that, I don't end up falling. I don't end up in sin. And so we begin to execute a bit of discipline in our lives and we begin to employ a spirit of a sound mind, which is discipline that is self-control. And suddenly we begin to be in charge, not our enemy. Because as long as you give him access, he's going to continue to feed and fuel that fire of fear in you until it feels like you ain't got anything left. Fear's a liar. Because God has given us some things that are greater than fear. And if fear is the, if fear is the worst thing that the enemy can do to us, and, and I, I believe it's right up there. If fear's been mentioned in the Bible over 500 times in the Old and New Testament, Jesus alone mentioned not to not be afraid over 20 times just in the Gospels. We should pay attention to this one. Because one of the main tactics of our enemy is fear. If he can cause you to fear, he'll make you quit church. Because you're afraid of something. Afraid of someone. Afraid of a relationship. Afraid of a confrontation. Afraid of... Right? You fill in the blanks. 
The enemy don't care what you fill in the blank with. He just wants you to be afraid so you will not do what God says to do. Yet we have no excuse because we've been given a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. These are gifts that God has given to every one of you if you're born again, every one of you. You don't have to ask him for it. These were gifts. These were things he just gave you because you'll need them. You'll have to have them to fight this enemy. I don't know your heart tonight, but if you need to use this altar, come on. We'll pray with you. If, you say, if you're not saved need to be saved, God dealing with you, get saved. Come on. Whatever you need from him, come to him tonight. As we stand and sing, if you need the Lord, would you come?